in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, welcome to a very special episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. I'm Andrew Langer. I'm Jerry Rogers. And this is episode 10. We're going to change the verbiage a little bit uh, in light of the seriousness of the situation. This is episode 10. Andrew and Jerry stand up for Ukraine. And so we welcome you to this. Uh, it has been a, a crazy couple of days here. In fact, Jerry, without any real introductions, why don't we, you, you, should we just go straight to our rip from the headline segment? Yeah, of course. All right. So let's, let's go right now to ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. We had on, we're going to be joined, by the way, in a little bit by uh, by Tony Schaefer from the London Center for Public Policy. We had Tony on in January. Tony's going to be our first return guest. Uh, but, but you know, way back when in January, uh, Tony had, had said that the invasion of Ukraine could come uh, any day now. In weeks, uh, he said. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, you know, it's funny, up to even Tuesday night, there was some speculation as to whether or not Vladimir Putin was going to pull the trigger. You know, last weekend, Jerry, I was looking at weather reports and looking at, at, uh, at you know, we thought that he was going to try to wait for a, uh, a hard frost or a freeze because it would make it easier for the tanks. Uh, Putin waited for none of this and and pulled the trigger and and went. Uh, you were you you were, yes you were on the air when this all I, happened. Weren't I, you? I, I was on WBAL and uh, filling in uh, uh, during the seven to eleven shift, and we had talked about Ukraine earlier in the show. In fact, I had Guy Shepard on. Guy yep. Shepard's been a host a host a guest here with us, uh, and I also had our friend Brian Darling on, and we did a good hour on Ukraine and. Uh, and what led to it? We were asking questions like, why hasn't, uh, why hadn't the Biden administration uh, implement sanctions prior to the invasion? And then, literally, uh, as I'm talking, uh, producer in my ear says, "You got to throw to ABC News. Russia has invaded Ukraine." Yeah, and and invaded in a way that I think few really anticipated. We've been talking for months now about Eastern Ukraine. Uh, that right on the border with Russia, the Donbass region, uh, I could pull up a map in a second, and I will. Um, but what we what we didn't, well, we, we knew that there were troops that were massing in the um, in the Belarus, uh, uh, in, in Belarus, Belarus, right. which used to be a Soviet republic, now a sovereign state, but but everybody most people recognize it as a vassal state uh, as as well as uh, as well as troops uh massing and ships ships massing in the black sea something we talked about with guy shepherd last week and and troops massing in crimea um what i don't think we were anticipating was a a a full-scale invasion uh into eastern ukraine from the north sweeping southward towards kiev I want to get to Kiev in a second and then coming up from the south through Odessa. Jerry, when did we stop calling Kiev Kiev? I know that's very interesting to me. (laughs) Well, ask Tony about this. No, but it's true. It's in fact, uh, I had to double check a couple of times uh, when I heard um, reporters. Here's what I think that is. Uh, Early on, a lot of the reporting from Ukraine uh, was coming from uh, European reporters. Yeah. 
And I think they say Kiev, like a European would say Kiev. Yeah. And that's and that's how it happened. And then Americans just being dumb Americans, American media, that is, they just started to mimic the European reporters. Uh, this is like um, uh, how the Weather Channel, the, the, the oh, anchors, yes. they always say Appalachia. Oh, yeah, sure. It's not. It's Appalachia. I mean, they Appalachia. You know, they, well, yeah, it's Appalachia, like a, that's a, right. a Buzz Burbank on the old Don and Mike show used to talk about Hawaii. And, yeah. and used to be very or, pronounced, pronounced. Remember the old Saturday Night Live skit, uh, Nicaragua. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. Hey, Jerry, so I'm, I'm pulling this up here. I can put that down. Um, uh, you know, I, I, actually, Andrew, I'm so happy you said that about Kiev because yeah. I've been meaning, you know, you, you're the resident expert Thank you. on Russia and, 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 and these sorts of things. And I've been meaning to ask you for about four days, Andrew, when I say Kiev, I almost called you last night before the show <laughs> to ask you if I was pronouncing Kiev wrong. Yeah, just say it right. Just say Kiev. It's yeah. fine. But it's, again, I'm so. I, I said to my daughter yesterday, do you ever watch? Uh, not that I want to make jokes. We're trying to be very serious today. Um, um, though I do have something kind of uh, uh, lighter that I want to end the show with. But uh, did you ever watch Catfish? No. Uh, okay. Catfish on MT- MTV. The no. host is somebody named Neve. And I asked Abby if his if his name was really Niev. Yeah, she thought that was fun. So anyway, so so this is I, for those of you who are watching. I'm sorry for those of you who are listening. I've pulled up uh, the map of Ukraine, uh, no longer called the Ukraine, uh, called Ukraine. This is uh, this is from Al Jazeera of all places, um, and and this is their sort of their live action here. Uh, as you can see, so you have Belarus, which is up to the north. Um, and and actually fairly west in terms of yeah, northwest uh, in terms of of uh, the Ukrainian sovereign territory. Uh, by the way, Jerry, because you yes. can see this on the map. Watch, watch the map down here. Uh, just so my my people, uh, yes. the Langers, we're from right down and in here in Ro- in Romania, north northeastern Romania, right on that Ukrainian border and right on the border with Moldova. Uh, this area, you you know, went back and forth over many many years between Russia and Wallachia and Moldavia and and anyway, controlled by lots of different people, Austria Hungary at various points in time. So what we all thought was that uh, that Russia would sort of invade along this access here uh, through Donetsk. on the east. For those who are listening, it's uh, he's uh, drawing a line on the east. Sorry, yes, uh, uh, through Donetsk to the east and and yeah. Luhansk. Uh, in fact, those were those were territories that were already these are the these are the territories that uh, were um, uh, considered that the that the Vladimir Putin earlier this week and I, that's what I want to talk about next. Vladimir Putin earlier this week declared his independent nations, um, and and that that really he was going to move to control those. Jerry, that was that's the the really interesting interesting thing, and I'm I'm genuinely shocked that there hasn't been more attention paid to, um, paid to the in the Western press to the disconnect between what uh, Putin said earlier this week, uh, um, or was it over the weekend, declaring these uh, declaring these these territories as independent states and thus creating this justification. This is what gives rise, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the the comments that uh, uh, former President Donald Trump made on that podcast that the left is having so much hay with. Uh, this And this- not just the left. I mean, Rich Lowry, editor at National Review, has a piece that's been up at uh, New York Post for, for two, three days now. And again, it, it still strikes me how the never Trumpers. And by the way, I want to say this. I, I know yeah, we're talking geopolitics here, and, and the map is up. But the fact that the fact of the matter is is that um, uh, we we should thank the never Trumpers. 
uh, because uh, Biden has them to thank for his presidency. Yeah, Biden. And, Biden should thank that every term. We we should be thanking. Well, I'm being. I'm. I, you know. I'm. I'm being sarcastic. Glib, yes. Uh, but the the bottom line is is that uh, this is a self inflicted crisis. Uh, no way did this have to happen, but for the Joe Biden presidency, uh, but for the progressives, the Democratic parties uh, uh, making climate change a fetish. Uh, going back, I, I, I said this to Andrew off off air, off mic. Uh, in 2000, you know, in the, in, in, in the 2000s, when uh, Barack Obama was president, Barack Obama decided that the uh, 60 year, 70 year strategy, uh, Pentagon strategy of America's military being able to fight on two fronts. Yeah. Uh, Obama decided that this was uh, this was bad for the environment, that the ar- that the armed forces uh, carbon footprint was too big. And therefore, he changed again. 50, 60, 70 years of, of U.S. policy, policy since World War II, uh, and made and, and, and gutted the military. Well, and, uh, and, 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 and then, of course, what happened in 2014, uh, Putin invaded Crimea. Yes. And, and my point is no, this, though. Well, Crimea it's, it's and, and, and Eastern Ukraine, Jerry. Right. It's the fetish. It's the left's fetish of climate change. Well, that's, uh, we, and that is certainly a part of it. And it, it, it gets about, you know, right it, where we are now in terms of what's happened here. Certainly the men we will get into this with Tony Schaefer, the, the measurement of U.S. resolve. Um, uh, and 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 I what I what I don't mean is resolve, like standing up to, to Putin right now. But I mean, the, the measurement of of how the the U.S. forces might conduct themselves or how strong the U.S. forces might be, given all of the political engineering and the societal engineering that has been occurring in, in the military, I'm sure I'm sure Putin Putin looks at them and, and laughs. Well, that's again, a- let's, let's let's spell that out for clarity. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, over under the Obama administration, and certainly over the past year under the Biden administration, uh, our troops, our armed services are taking sensitivity sensitivity training. Yeah. Uh, we are building transgendered bathrooms. Uh, we are we are implementing critical race theory classes uh, for our troops. Meanwhile, the Russians are training uh, to uh, to defend itself and to conquer its neighbors. You know, it, it's it is interesting because I want to I want to get into this um, as we're looking as I'm looking at this map. So I want because I want to get back to this before we get Tony on as we're sort of setting this thing up. So the Russians didn't just attack along this eastern border, and I'm pointing once again to the map, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, if you're listening right now, you ought to you ought to go ahead and pull up any map of of Ukraine uh, that shows what the troop movements are, because I think that'll be helpful. What is really interesting is that they are pushing uh, southward from Belarus towards Kiev. And one of the things that separates Belarus uh, from Kiev is the uh, the site of the formal Chernobyl plant, right. nuclear power plant. Also, and, a big airfield, a big airfield is there as well. Well, yes, yes, of course. But but the point is that that um, and and Chernobyl and the Chernobyl area not heavily guarded. Uh, I mean, restricted. Uh, but you know, you can go online and watch videos of people sneaking into. Uh, the the Chernobyl site it's it, it it's very easy to do but the point is is that it, it created this quarter weirdly enough uh, in the same way that uh, calls for creating wilderness areas like federally designated wilderness areas along the U.S. southern border uh, has the impact of weakening our borders uh, this is a this is certainly a weak spot in the in the uh, uh, in uh, Ukrainian sovereign territory uh, to be a, a, a point here. You know, yeah. 
Andrew's point here is that the Russians came in from, I think, three vectors, right? Three vectors. Uh, they couldn't from come the in northwest. The they couldn't come in from the from the right. north, south, uh, and now, east. They but what surprises me is that people are surprised that troops came in from Belarus uh, because there were 60,000 Russian troops in yes. Belarus. Yeah. So, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this. I'm sorry, Jay, why, this, why I, does this surprise you? But this this gets this gets to the 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 point that, and and it gets to where um uh the, I'm surprised the press isn't isn't making more hay of this, and the U.S. government and NATO isn't making more hay of this. Well, because the press uh, is no, 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 too no, no, busy no, no, covering no, no. up for Biden, and well, that's and, true. And NATO well, is you're being, missing uh, what is, I'm saying. They're yeah. covering up for. Um, in, the, in that, in that, in this idea, you know, Putin, him, Putin himself laid out his justification, right? He said, uh, we're just going in and, and we're, and we're, we're going to be, um, engaging in peacekeeping operations in these republics, uh, that he, he went and launched a whole scale wholesale, uh, invasion of the entire sovereign state of Ukraine, um, has sort of that, that original justification has been sort of lost in the, uh, in the narrative here. And I would think that uh, that at the very least somebody would have been asking the question, "Hey, what happened to uh, what happened to peacekeeping operations in the Donbas, uh, Mr. Putin?" Um, you know, this is this is certainly uh, more involved than that. Um, but this is it, it, interesting. As, as we're talking, oh, Andrew, I'm sorry. As we're talking, That's I'm fine. watching. I'm watching live images uh, from Kiev, uh, and you have families, and and I'm struck by this. Oh. You have. Moms and dads and children uh, trying to escape from Kiev. And again, you know, we can talk geopolitics and peacekeeping uh, 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 justifications in these Russian, uh, you know, ethnic Russian areas in eastern Ukraine. But the bottom line is, is that uh, there are families torn apart. There are fathers saying goodbye to their children, maybe for the last time. Uh, The Ukraine, the people have uh, have fought back uh, and have dug in. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and what are we doing here? Uh, we have the never Trumpers uh, still blaming Trump for this. Uh, we have, uh, we have people arguing over face masks and COVID protocols. Uh, we're having, uh, we're having a, a conversation later today about a Supreme court justice nomination. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, fathers are literally saying goodbye to their daughters. And, 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 so and, about and all of this was, all of this didn't have to happen, but for Joe Biden. Well, I, 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 th- that's my message today, that Joe Biden facilitated Joe Biden, the president of the United States uh, and his progressive base facilitated uh, the 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 havoc and the destruction and the uh, and the heartache happening in Ukraine. Right. Let now. me let me let me sort of pivot off of that for a second, Jerry. And, and I want to talk about something you and I talked about over the last couple of days, um, which was my realization that the last three days have been the culmination of Vladimir Putin's entire career uh, as as a counterintelligence officer. That that Vladimir Putin, when he was a KGB officer, uh, was tasked with working to unravel uh, the fabric of the West uh, to use the West's classical liberal institutions as uh, as weapons against themselves to, to take advantage of that. Um, and to essentially turn Americans against one another in a, and Westerners against each other in a very real way yeah. to the point where the, the West's cohesion and the principles upon which the West could, uh, Western nations and Western people could adhere to one another, uh, those are no longer there. And thus giving him uh, uh, the 
I'm not going to say a vehicle. Vehicle is probably not the right word, but uh, a way of of easing, a lubricant. Yeah, now, <laughs> I now, use the phrase a lubricant <laughs> to ease his way in, into 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 Ukraine. And yes, I know that's a very vivid image. You're right, but let, let, let me just add this to, yeah. to what you're saying because you're you're 100 correct in terms of his expertise, his career, his mindset in terms of turning the West against itself. But let's back up even. Right. Uh, 1988, 1989, uh, Vladimir Putin is uh, is the head of the KGB office in Berlin. Yes. Uh, East Berlin. Yeah. And the wall comes down. Yeah. And you have Germans, East Germans uh, uh, mob uh, attacking the Stasi. Yes. Headquarters. Yeah. Uh, the East German uh, secret police headquarters. And they made their way. The mob made its way to the KGB headquarters. And uh, a young Vladimir Putin was in charge. True story. Yep. And he decided we're going to stand our ground. Yeah. And he warned the mob. He said, we'll fire on you. Hmm. We will kill you. Yeah. Uh, and the mob dispersed. The mob left the KGB headquarters alone. And then uh, and then Putin made a phone call to uh, uh, to, to to his Russian uh, uh, Soviet counterparts and yeah. said, we need we need cover. Uh, we need uh, ex. We need uh, we need uh, to be ex- exported out of here, right? Uh, exfiltration. And and he was told Moscow has gone dark. Mm. Now here's here's my point. That's that's the day he decided sure. uh, what what is happening today. And this is what I mean by this, and and, and how I'm going to uh, uh, tie in what you just said about the West, uh, his strategy of the West uh, turning against itself. So you know, fast forward through the years, the West again has made climate change. Uh, the existential threat. And so you have uh, you have Germany and Western Europe giving up on its own, giving up on fossil fuel uh, and moving towards green energy. The problem with that is green energy doesn't exist. Yes, it, it, it's, it's, it's a fairy tale. It's fantasy. Uh, I, I said this last night. I said uh, that uh, to make a car battery, an electric car battery, it takes 100, ba- 100 barrels of oil yeah. to make one car battery that can produce the energy equivalent of one barrel of oil. Yeah. And then you still have to plug it in and use coal. I mean, this yeah. idea of green energy is just a myth. Especially, be- right. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. especially, especially if you're not willing to consider nuclear power as an option. Exactly right. And so therefore, so, so Western Europe turned turn towards this mythical green energy that doesn't exist, and they were forced to do what? to fall back on Russian Absolutely. gas. Yeah. And so now you have Western Europe, Germany in particular, dependent upon uh, Russian energy. Uh, and, and so climate change uh, has, has forced the West to accept what's happening uh, in, in terms of Russian policy. To take it even a step further back and to figure out where this determination, where this, where, where this uh, drive, who has been supporting these entities in terms of uh, moving yeah. towards this idea, uh, because if you know anything about Putin or Jerry, you and I have talked about this before, right? The idea of your opponents uh, always telegraph what they're doing <laughs> by what they accuse you of. Yes, exactly so right. For Putin, who believes in his heart of hearts that there's no such thing as a spontaneous or, or organic protest, that there's somebody always behind that protest pulling the strings that shows you that that uh, that. Uh, Intelligence and counterintelligence under Vladimir Putin has been all about working its way in. And the same, listen, in the same way, frankly, that the Chinese do. We're also going to talk to yeah. uh, uh, Tony Schaefer about this. But but this is this is my point, is that in the end, the chaotic response that we're seeing 
the misinformation that is being uh, uh, shown uh, from various sides about the other, uh, the lack of a cohesion amongst these NATO countries, I would, I, I this is going to sound conspiracy theory uh, oriented, and, and it is, I'm going to admit this, um, but but I think in the end, much in the same way, anyway, I'm not going to make this, this comparison, but I think at the end of the day, you're going to find that there has been a tremendous amount of of Russian influence and all this. Listen, in the same way that the Russians were running uh, intelligence and counterintelligence operations during the 2016 election as a way of turning people against each other and as a way of moment to chaos. Yes, we got to go in a second, Jerry. I know, but yesterday you had Democrat politicians, uh, Mark Warner from Virginia, Van Hollen from Maryland, uh, and others still saying that Putin was uh, buddies with Trump. They can't get over their Trump derangement. And we'll talk to Tony about this, but the fact of the matter is, is that um, Trump pulled all the right levers for four years that kept Putin on his heels. But anyway, I know that we have to go to the Let's do that. In fact, let us leave rip from the headlines and go to ask the experts. Well, expert, let's let us now go to. Jerry, you can say, Jerry, Jerry, you say it. Let's go to expert advice. Let's go to expert advice. Expert advice. Well, welcome to the expert advice segment on this episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. We're fortunate uh, to bring back a guest. This is the first guest we've brought back on the podcast. His name is Tony Schaefer. He's a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Army, uh, very well versed in special operations, uh, 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 celebrated author. Um, uh, did I did I say his name? Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, president of the London Center. Uh, let's let's start here. When last we spoke back in January, uh, mm-hmm. we thought we were days. What we were we were waiting. Vladimir Putin was waiting to get all of his ducks in a row, and once he got all of his ducks in a row, then he pulled the trigger, didn't he? Well, I think as we've talked about, and I mentioned then, he wasn't going to do anything until after the Olympics. And yeah. note, you know, note that within forty-eight hours of the Olympics ending. Uh, and after last time we spoke, the Biden administration said like three times, today's the day, today's the day, today's it's like they uh, I was going back and forth with a former chairman of the Joint Chiefs on this. And he said he thinks it's bad intelligence. And I said, no, it's it's bad interpretation of intelligence. They had intelligence. It's just they, they, they've lost track, Andrew, of how to understand. And I'll just say it's Soviet military uh, uh communications. One of the things we did during uh, the Cold War is we didn't always understand what the content was, but we understood patterns like, okay, these guys are talking, this is what this means. And I I think they've lost them. So they cried wolf several times. Nobody believed them. They finally said he's coming and nobody believed him because they already said he was coming. He went and, and here we are. So I think it's it's very interesting that we've had so many so much misinterpretation by the Biden administration on what's going on since we last spoke. So you know, the irony uh, the irony there, Tony, is that the news media, right, the ABC News. I was on the air uh, 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 two nights ago when the invasion happened, and I had to, and I didn't want to. I had to throw to ABC News, um, mm-hmm. and then I had to hear an hour's worth of of them promoting. Uh, the intelligence community and the Joe Biden uh, presidency and how they understood this was happening. And they told us it was unfolding. And I'm sitting there, uh, right, 
on mic wanting to scream at the reporters. Well, then why didn't he do this? Why didn't they do that? Right. Where were the sanctions? What, and it's just, why didn't we move more troops into the Balkans? I mean, there's so many questions as why, why, why? And yet the news media is still using this as a propaganda uh, to, to prop up the Biden administration. Well, and then they didn't even challenge him greatly on his comment that, oh, sanctions were never meant to deter Putin. It's like, what? Oh my goodness. What, what like, are you, what, what planet do you accept that as a comment from a president? Yeah. I mean, I, I simply don't understand how people can be this cowed into thinking that the White House insane pro, uh, comments are nothing more than propaganda at this point. I, I just don't, I don't well, understand. You know what? I, 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 again, I, I'm sorry, Andrew, I'm going to jump Go in ahead, again here because, because and I, I said in, in, you know, in jest is the wrong way to say that because there's no joking, there's not a joking matter. But if, if I were, if I were a, a Hollywood producer and someone handed me this script, I would say, no, this story has too many holes in it. It's obvious that the U.S. administration is in cahoots with the Russians. I mean, everything Joe Biden has done over the past year, and frankly, today, we still haven't disrupted uh, the energy exports from Russia. Why not? Right. And I understand that the SWIFT banking, yeah, yeah. The SWIFT banking system the SWIFT banking system is more than just the U.S., but if yeah. the U.S. wants to, we can, we can get them off the SWIFT banking system. Anyway, I'm sorry, Tony. Go ahead. But, but talk, talk about those things in, 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 what, in terms of what Jerry's saying, Tony. Well, to German, you know, look, on the intelligence piece, I don't know how we miss Steven Seagal being the head of special forces going into the airport at Kiev. I don't know. I mean, man, we should have had eyes on <laughs> Steven Seagal from day one. The moment he defected, we should have said, man, if something's going to happen, watch Steve Seagal. Yeah. And I don't know how we missed that. I mean, I, I simply don't know. And boy, what a boon to Putin to have gotten. I mean, God bless. I mean, the greatest action hero in the world defects to Russia. How do we not see this coming? Yes. Anyway, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, I know it's going to get me in trouble. Anyway, uh, the, the whole principle of, of, of intel has to be based on dis, dis, disapproving your own what we call confirmation bias. What I've seen over and over and over, and I advise multiple people, senior intelligence officers, generals, like, dude, don't be wishful thinking yourself into a situation where you misinterpret things because you want something to be a certain way. And this is what I've seen over and over within our intelligence community, even to this day. And even the Trump folks did it to a certain extent. So I'm sorry, Andrew, go ahead. I didn't want to no, 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 no. I, but, but I want you to comment on, on both what Jerry was saying about both. I mean, this is the thing that got me yesterday. And then again, this morning when I was reminded of it, by the way, folks, when, when Tony's talking about Steven Seagal, oh, um, he's not joking. I mean, Ukraine. <laughs> well, he's man, joking, but he's not you know, joking. We get it. No, Jerry, look yeah. at this. Hold on for a second. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me share this screen. In 2017, Ukraine banned Steven Seagal as a threat to national security. So, I mean, listen, I mean, this is the, again, this is, this is, this is art imitating life, imitating art. Let me ask but, you, wait, 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 hold on, no, no, Tony, where were you born, Tony? Where, where are you from? Or was I, I was born actually in Kansas City, Missouri. So All you right. know, I, I was right in the middle of America. Cause I you have a little bit of a, new, you have a little bit of a New York sense of humor, which I appreciate. Yes, I, no, I, well, I'm I sorry, spent, Andrew, go ahead. Army, the army, I spent, I spent time in the Philippines uh, when I was a kid. My dad was a maintenance officer who was on the F-4s flying into Vietnam. And then I, I actually went to high school in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, an American school, an American, American international school. Wow. Look, uh, uh, Frank Carlucci, uh, uh, Ambassador Carlucci's son and I were in class together, got drunk a lot. I was a, I was bartending <laughs> for the Marine. No, 
I was bartending for the Marine Guard at 14 at the Marine House there. So, well, trust me, I was, I had a very, uh, a very uh, jaded uh, upbringing. Just varied. That's very varied. I'm no boy scout. Yes. Well, let me let let's go back to this though, because Jerry asked the question. I was shocked uh, yesterday and this morning, as we're talking about these sanctions, that um, that the, the the White House, the the United States, was not calling for um, a a ban, a um, yeah. a sanction on Russian energy uh, imports. I'm sorry, Russian energy exports and Russian energy money transfers. Um, at the same time, I shouldn't be surprised because we're not doing anything to bolster our energy independence once again. Right. Talk a little bit about this. So, yeah, to Jerry's point, and I think what we're, the, the SWIFT banking system and the energy issue are linked completely. Yeah. And, and this is why. So one of the things that Putin took full advantage of is when Joe Biden reduced our ability to produce and, and removed us from being a net exporter and jacking up the price, guess who benefited? Putin. Putin, right. from 100%. people I talked to, Putin was able to amass with the other oligarchs about two years of that capital available to them over the past year because of all the oil sales. Like we jacked up the price, they benefit. This is not rocket science. And then you compound that with the fact that during the same time, uh, Putin is trying to seduce, and I think successfully so, the Germans into being his uh, his co-conspirator. They're the big distribution center of all this energy coming into Europe. So you've de- neutralized Germany. You've essentially allowed because to take advantage of one of your political, a political moron, if you will, you've taken advantage of this guy because he, he Biden's agenda is to constrict U.S. Uh, energy markets to push people to this green energy. Right. We should talk to the green energy thing is complete fiction. I've got a degree in environmental studies. Gentlemen, that's a complete we fiction. just said this before you came on. We were just saying that this idea of green energy is a myth. It doesn't exist, which is why, right, Tony, this is why Germany, right, and Western Europe went toward green energy, realized there was none, and now they had to come back and are dependent upon Russian Russian energy. Let me hit this point. We should have a show on this separately. There are renewable resources out there, but they're not going after them. The the greatest renewable resource and least uh, least fatal to human life is actually nuclear. If you look Absolutely, at this, 100%. Yeah, it's, yes. it, it, that's, why the, that's why the French have gone to it. You know, let me do a Joe Biden. That's why the French have gone to it. Because, uh, because, they, because they recognize yeah. this. Yeah. So so then the other area is, is hydro. We've known hydro yeah. for a long time. It's not as good as nuclear, but it's pretty good. And then we need to get to the point of where there's actually a great deal of research being done on, on, uh, um, on uh, uh, oh my God, I always forget this. The stuff that runs the sun. On, on, um, Solar. No, no, not solar. Oh, well, solar. hydrogen power. Hydrogen, hydrogen. power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, once we break that code, you're going to have, un- but but they keep telling you, oh, no, 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 we need to go to all these other, it's like, it's it's a fiction. It's meant to constrict and control, uh, and it means a production, anyway, back to it, and that's what Biden's doing. So sure. Putin, not being a fool, sees this like, oh, my God, this is right. a great opportunity. And I've got information saying that, that the Russians being the Russians, are helping fund some of the green movements who are working against uh, us in their own country. Didn't I just tell you this? Actually, this is a perfect segue, Tony, into the other point that I made, which is that Tuesday night was, to me, the culmination. It was the the zenith. And there's my dog barking. was the zenith of, of Vladimir Putin's 40-plus years career in, in undoing the fabric of Western classical liberal society. 
all yes. of his counterintelligence operations, all of his infiltration operations, you know, uh, uh, turning Western establishments against one another, put it, turning people in America against one another, turning uh, uh, nations in Europe against one another. Tuesday was the culmination of that. Talk a little bit about this and talk about what you're just saying about about the in, the the funding by actually before you get to this, because this is the other point that I made to Jerry, right? Is that Jerry and I have a saying, which is your opponent, you know what your opponent is doing by what they accuse you of. Right. And so opponent, uh, Putin's belief that you can't have spontaneous protest, you can't have organic protest, it, it is founded in this idea that he's been supporting protest for years. Go ahead. So, yeah, um, and I want to circle back eventually to the, the issue regarding the, um, the uh, energy. Swift, the Swift and well, Swift. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but Let's start there if you want. Because this is all related to it. So Putin is a, is a KGB guy. I yes. keep telling you this. He's a, he's a true thug. He's he has murdered a, a personally. This is him with his own hands murdered a female journalist in an elevator in Moscow. This guy is not a good guy, and he em, he embodies every single aspect of what you would think of a of a Bond villain or a KGB officer, which yes. are interchangeable in many ways. So. He has learned uh, over the years, and I would argue very well, the the, uh, art of deception, the art of camouflage, and the art of projection. These are all things that he came up to the Soviet system learning very well. And he's even commented the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the fall of the Soviet Union. He's he's not even hiding any of this. So I've argued and others have argued that you need to accept him at face value. Don't trust what he says, but accept the fact that he's going to say things to provoke and, and change the, the fabric of what's going on. What he feels that he needs to do is two things, in my judgment, based on his experience. Uh, through all of these things we just talked about, all these tools, techniques, and experience he has, he will do things to both uh, empower the, the Russian empire that he wants to reconstruct and deconstruct the West. He's, and that's what he's trying to do. Both are related and, and being executed at the same time. He's and, and so, it's so funny when the Democrats back in 2016, 2017 saying, oh, Putin's trying to pick someone. To, no, he's just trying to undermine democracy. Right. He does this in all the yeah. countries. Yes. He's out to disrupt, disrupt and, and disable. That's what he's trying to do. And by the way, this is what where he and Z uh, mm. uh, have a common interest uh, because they want to destabilize us and our Western democracies for purposes of dominance. Now, eventually, just like if you ever saw uh, the series uh, Man in the High Castle, oh, yeah. you know, if they win, the empires are going to go with each other eventually. But for now, they're the best of friends. And, uh, and that's why I would argue that Putin is more than happy to play the China card back on us. Remember, Nixon played the China card against the old Soviets. Now he's oh, yeah. playing it back on us. Uh, and so I think that's what's at play here is that, that Putin is using his massive experience. And to your point, you know, he's the guy in charge now. He can set the tone. And he is. And by the way, you, you, a couple of days ago, you saw where he publicly eviscerated his intelligence chief. That was done. Uh, that was that was meant to send messages. Uh, sure. One of the things the Russians did uh, during the Cold War is they watched every every uh, every nuance of Reagan, and they were right to do that. By the way, because my friend uh, Bud McFarland, who's the was the national security advisor to President sure. Reagan, told me that Reagan was doing the same thing. He said Reagan would say, "Bud, I want a profile on X. I'm going to be meeting with that man." And so Reagan always studied the man, not the system. He could care less about the system. He played Gorbachev. He played these guys. He was actually trying to focus on how to go after that individual. Putin learned from that. Putin plays the man and reads the rule. 
Biden can't read the room. I don't know if he can read what's put in front of him any given day. So Putin has is, is, is been a, a great student of history, a great student of tactics, and all of it's coming together now uh, in, in a very concise, very, and, and like nobody's going to stand up to him at this point. He read the room correctly. Yep. He played the cards correctly. And I, look, I'm not I'm not saying this because I like Putin. I of just course, yeah. got to admire the man for having done, having played the game so well. And this, this is, is a, this, hold on, Jerry. Oh, go actually, go ahead, Jerry, because it's, it's your turn. Well, because I mean, because t- Tony just laid out perfectly what I was going to ask, and that is what is uh, Putin's end game, and we, we we get that. What's Biden's end game? <laughs> so, I think Biden is simply an extension of the Obama uh, regime. I don't believe he has much in the way of original thoughts. As a matter of fact, I think much of what they've pushed him to do goes against what he and Scranton Joe would have done. Uh, I think uh, Klein being uh, Klan being the chief of staff is the conduit and Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett is getting. So I think it's more about Obama uh, third term rather than what Joe wants to do. What he's doing is trying to essentially establish a path towards build back better. I do believe that. Uh, London Center, we produced a number of things on this. It's crazy. Whole, this whole thing that, that is being pushed by the World Economic Forum and, and Klaus Schwab. Yep. Uh, little note, uh, never, never, uh, uh, never support an agenda where a German wants to reorder the entire socialist. Yeah. Socialist yeah. Would think you would know. So, that, yeah. Just so saying we, it didn't work we last have, time. You know? We have fathers uh, saying goodbye to their daughters at train stations uh, in, in Kiev. Yes. Uh, and we have our president is working to bring us build back better. Yes. So, so that point, let's, let me, yeah. let's put yeah. this, let's two together. So Ukraine is the unfortunate victim uh, down to the individual level, Jerry, you just mentioned of this East-West power struggle. Remember, and I did an editorial on this a few weeks ago in the Washington Times, I think we talked about it uh, a while back. Um, yep. I laid out all the different things that have happened, all the different agreements and how nobody ever followed through. Jerry, the, 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 the blunt truth is, if we wanted Ukraine to be in NATO, they'd be in NATO right, right. now. It was, this was a political decision where the West, multiple administrations dangled Ukraine, well, you know, Ukraine, maybe you can do this. Uh, a guy named Hunter Biden enriched himself over this uh, this this triangulation. They were, yeah. you know, the Ukraines are trying to buy their own uh, security via these politicians. Now, they're not, don't trust Democrat politicians, just saying, yeah. uh, you know, don't. But they did. And so and at the same time, you had this growing and, and I would argue very observable pressure from Putin, Putin saying, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not going to stand for this and doing things to show that. And yet everybody kind of pretending they didn't see it. So both sides are wrong on this. You know, Putin, Putin's Putin. It's like Putin's going to be the thug, except that. But instead of understanding, he's going to act because somehow we missed Georgia. You didn't get Georgia. You didn't get uh, Crimea. How do you how are you missing this? Uh, Joe Biden, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Joe Biden, said during his confirmation hearings, uh, when he was asked, what is the greatest threat to, to global security? Uh, and he said, Russia. Everybody thought he was nuts. And I, I actually, you know, it's like, no, he got it. Putin is motivated and, 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 and funded to do things. China has aspirations, don't get me wrong, yeah. but they're not in the position to do the dominance like Putin's trying to do. Putin has a plan, he has the, the means, and he has the, the funding. So this is where uh, we've had to, un- we, we have allowed uh, this uh, Ukraine to be the victim of both sides. 
Yeah. And that was a, a conscious decision by all political parties involved. And I feel sorry for the people of Ukraine. They don't, I don't know Ukrainians that well, but I feel terrible about the pain and suffering they, they are now being uh, forced to endure by, because of East-West uh, political dominant games that they're in the middle of. Tony, it's, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I sort of, I go back to the, the, real, the real problem was Ukraine made this agreement in 1994. They gave up the former Soviet nuclear weapons uh, under the guarantee that their sovereignty would be protected by the West. Once and Andrew, remember this, they were disarmed. Uh, in 2006, 2007, uh, led by uh, Senator uh, Barack Obama, uh, yeah, where right. where there was this effort to get rid of their arms. Their, and, yeah, remember, their, and, yeah. and, and on that point, Andrew, before we move on, yeah. remember that, that that in that accord, uh, they did not have any enforcement mechanisms. And another hint here, another big hint: never accept an accord without enforcement mechanisms. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, but my 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 point is this: once once Putin invaded. <laughs> you know, sovereign Ukrainian territory, and that was not challenged uh, back in 2014. Um, once Ukraine no longer had its historic territorial borders in place, they couldn't, they, there was no way for them to join NATO, was there? I mean, that was, and, so, and so, yeah, so go ahead. That's a great question, because that's one of the things he said, oh, well, you know, there's certain standards that have to be met. You can't have territorial disputes. Nonsense. Look, if, if someone was actually going, you know, this is where we need a, Schwar a Schwarzkopf in charge of Yukon, a, a, a general who understood strategy and understood long-term effects of, 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 of strategic failure could have, or could or should have said, and this is, I, I'm not the guy in charge. I, I advise yes. a lot of folks who are in charge. Um, I would have said, look, uh, you need to do uh, X. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And be done with it. So that's what I think they didn't do: is that you didn't set up a good strategic framework to understand more clearly what the consequences of this dangling participle known as Ukraine would be. They could have done it at any time. They could have. We could have convinced all the other NATO members. It's in your interest to do that, but they didn't do that. So it was a political equation again. So. Do we do we have an obligation? The I mean this this gets so it's funny because. So Vinman was on, now I, I, last time you were on, I talked about my 2014 piece about putting troops on the ground in, in, um, in Kiev as a way of being a nuclear control rod to sort of yeah. say, okay, this is a line you can't cross. Um, I, I, I came in for some flack for that. Uh, you never want to commit U.S. troops unless you're really willing to put them in harm's way. Right. Um, but, but basing it on the language of that 1994 agreement, uh, Alexander Vinman was on, uh, MSNBC this morning. I don't have the clip up here. Um, so Vinman was on this morning saying uh, the, the, essentially the same thing. And there was a question as to whether or not they should be American forces or NATO forces, whether or not they should have been in, in Western Ukraine. Um, but but where do you where do you come down on what are what were our obligations under that 1994 agreement? And what are your thoughts on troops on the ground? Uh, in, I the beholder. Uh, yeah. Because, as I said, Andrew, there's no enforcement mechanisms to right. the, the Budapest Accord. Yeah. Uh, boy, talk about a bad deal. I mean, who gives up nuclear weapons for a promise of maybe? I mean, yeah. really, that's what that's, they did. It's like, yep. yeah, 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 give up all the nukes and we'll take care of you. Just trust us. <laughs> this is the line from Animal House. Yeah. But, and, and, but the, you know, the, inter the interesting thing here, though, is, and again, um, you know, so that's that's Bill Clinton. Uh, then you yes. have you have George W. Bush and you have 2008 Georgia. Then you have 2014 Crimea uh, with uh, Obama. And then you had a four year, a four year interval uh, where there was no uh, push from Putin. And again, 
this is political. I'm going to be political, and, I, and I'm going to go on my show on Sunday. I, I, have, I have put out a, 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 a request to any Never Trumper to come on my show on Sunday. And defend, I know, and defend, we'll talk about this. and I and we'll I've tweeted out, Andrew. I've tweeted out to um, uh, Williamson and I and and to David French and to Michael Steele and all the rest of these guys. Come they on my show. Me. They yeah. all blocked me because yeah, but but but, but the point is 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 this: um, the Never Trumpers are still talking about Trump and Putin, uh, and and yet no one's talking about how the fact is uh, Trump kept you know. Put the Germans on on look, look, notice, me, Jerry. Jerry Trump. Trump basically because he opened up the spigots, allowed us to become a net exporter and drop the price of oil, defunded Putin. Yes. And then the other thing he did was he maintained and even enhanced sanctions against Putin in areas which Alec actually makes a, yes. a, the difference. The SWIFT system is a good example where, you know, okay, we're going to do all these. Oh no no SWIFT no oh, yeah. no. That's going to be actually causing everybody pain. Well, maybe, maybe it's time if you're serious yeah. about your policy, you cause everybody. Pain. And, and, and but they're not willing to do that. How about we cause everybody pain in the same way that Americans are going to feel more pain, uh, you know, over exactly. this? But but wait Tony, a second, wait a second, wait a second. You know, I, I think Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, has been fundamentally misunderstood when he talked about the tree of liberty being sprinkled with the blood of patriots. That's this. That's yeah. right now. We oh, should right. feel pain right now. Let's pay six dollars at the at the at, at the at the uh, pump for gas if it means pushing back the Russians in Ukraine. Yeah. But here, 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 I, something I asked Andrew earlier, yeah. uh, and that is, you know, we have to look. We have to make a stand somewhere. The West has to make a stand somewhere. Is it the Balkans? Is it Poland? Jerry, Jerry, you mean you mean you mean the Baltics? I'm sorry to the to Baltics. What, what I said? Baltics, yeah. You said the, the Balkans. Balkans. I'm yeah. thinking World War One. I. I apologize. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> the Balkanization of of Jerry's speech. Yes. Um, sure. but yes, I mean, it, you know, is it Poland? Is it is it where is it? Where do we make our stand? Or or we don't. Sorry about that, guys. No, I, you know, I've got another thing I got to get to. I, I've forgotten something I have to do at 10. Well, we, uh, I got to jump off here, guys, but I appreciate it. No worries, no worries. We'll have you back. We will, so we will no, have you so back. So I think we covered, I think we hit everything we wanted to hit. But um, uh, I, Chris, I love Chris. I Something else he lined up for me. I go, go, worries, go, 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 go. But no, gentlemen, uh, I love our discussion. This is great because I want to really get information out for people to understand what this is all linked. And, and yet somehow uh, the big pieces We've ignored. Uh, at Tony, our wait, before so. we let you go, yes or no, does this stop with Ukraine or does Putin push into the NATO nations? No, it stops for Ukraine now. I mean, yes. he's going to probably consolidate over the next 10 days. He's going to announce an end of, of, of combat operations. It stops for now. Come on, look, he did yeah. Georgia backed off. Korea backed off. He's going to do the same thing here. Uh, and plus, he's got to give Z some time in the sun next. So I think that's sure, what's sure. coming in the fall. And by the way, they're not going right, right away. They're probably going to go in the fall if they go, the, the Chinese. Then, so Got it. Thank you, Tony. Right, thanks, guys. Take care. See you hey, God bless you, buddy. Thank you. Was, you too. Thanks. Uh, that was that was no, that's too bad because I, I know we could have you and I had a lot more. Well, the thing is, I, I, yeah. I, I am I have a, 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 a sincere curiosity about about where we can't let. Although, Andrew, as I'm thinking this through, we've talked about this. You know, I don't think Putin has his eyes on dominating Western Europe. No, no, I, I agree. Jerry, yeah. t- hold on. Let's let's at, at this point, because because Tony's gone. Let's now go to the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line. 
Okay, you were saying, Jerry. Yeah, Western Europe. I, right. I, 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 and so I agree with you, but the, the question is, right, this is sort of the fundamental issue. Was yesterday's, and this is, I'm sorry, Tony's not here because that's the question I want to get to. Then I wanted to get to the question about Russian orthodoxy and all of yeah, that yeah. jazz. But, uh, you know, uh, again, Jerry, you should be thankful we didn't spend a half hour talking about that. <laughs> but my, my point is, is that to me, yesterday's, yesterday's speech from President Biden was to me a signal to Putin that that we're going to tolerate the invasion of Ukraine, right? We yeah. cannot oust you from Ukraine. The Ukrainian people might be able to do that. I'm not sure what people are thinking when they think we can funnel weapons into any kind of a resistance. But you know, Biden was saying that we're going to that the the line is the the line that we're drawing is. Uh, is around Ukraine because it's not a member of NATO and there's nothing we can do and we're going to ignore uh, what we half-baked agreed to in 1994. Um, and that's, that's, you know, and I, and, I, and I think that's it. So this is why I get to this question of are the Baltic states really under threat? Is Western, I'm sorry, Eastern Poland really under threat? Um, I don't think he goes into Romania he could theoretically go into Moldova. But anyway, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, again, th this is where my heart and my mind is. And that is uh, we're, we're governed in America by dishonorable people. And, and it, 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 you know, it, I, 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 I hearken back to uh, what was happening in Syria and the Middle East during the Obama years and all the human human lives lost and yeah. and, and Obama's fecklessness and his and and this is the thing: the progressives care about their own power. I think it's absolutely true and chilling. Uh, when I asked uh, Tony about the bottom line, what is Biden's endpoint? And it's build back better. Yeah. It's it's it has nothing to do with with stability uh, and peace. And, and that's why Jerry, uh, around the world, I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily fecklessness. I mean, there is the perception of fecklessness. It's on the cowardice. World stage. You know, well, but 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 okay, but okay. So it, it's probably a combination of all of this. There's a degree of. Uh, I, I think most. Demo, I, I think most me... Democrats are cowards. Well, okay. I, I, there's I, a degree I, of, but but okay. They're cowards. I I, I don't I I don't I I'm not so sure. I, I think to me it it has to do with there is a there is in some measure a a belief in a surreal non-existent view of the world, right? A, a view of, of a world of, of their intention where they can get along and sort of do things that have bear no relationship to very real realities. Um, so there, so there's that aspect of it. And that sort of covers the ineptitude and fecklessness. They, they think because they wish something to be true, therefore it is true. Then there is the issue of the, the, the striving for power and control and autocracy that you and I have talked about, that is right. frankly something they share with Vladimir Putin, but the idea of controlling people and controlling people's choices, controlling how far they can go, controlling what they can say, controlling where they live, uh, et, et cetera. Um, and, and then, you know, and then you get into uh, the, 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 and that's part of the, the quest for, for power. I think that's, that's bound up in all of this. Um, I, I, you know, is there, I mean, when you talk about cowardice, what is it that you mean? I don't see how a man can watch another man abandon his family because because of because of, of a threat of an invasion and, and not be riled up in your spirit and your soul. Well, sure. Um, I, I, mean, I, I said to you earlier today but, after but watching, Jerry, I don't think right. I don't think that. 
I don't think that there is, are you suggesting, I mean, there is a very small percentage of the world. There's a very small percentage of the United States that is watching what is happening and not crying out for some kind of a response. I don't think, I, you know, I think there are degrees of responses. Well, look, I, I would be satisfied uh, if our president uh, was a serious person. Look, yesterday, Andrew, former Senator uh, John Kerry uh, gave an interview where he talked about that the Ukraine uh, incident will uh, take attention away from climate change. Yeah, I know. I, I, yes, uh, but, and but I, I don't and consider that cowardice. I consider that I consider that stupidity. I, I don't think I don't think that's John. That's John Kerry saying that I, I think I don't think it's cowardice so much as, as it is John Kerry having a single mindedness towards a phantom issue that gives him an, a, a perception well, of enormous listen, power. I, I guess and this, cow, this callousness yeah. and unfeeling. But I, maybe you and I are looking at this. At but viscerally, this is what I mean. This is like uh, just go back now to being in high school or grammar school or, or college even. Um, I, I, I had a general rule. If I was out with my buddies and I never provoked and I mind, I kept my head down and I would mind my own business. But if some, if someone came over to me and, and, and said, you want to fight? My answer was always yes. Always. Yes. Never said no. It was always yes. And, and, and 99% of the time, uh, the person who threatened me backed away. Sure. What I'm saying is Joe Biden doesn't have that steel in his spine. Neither does John Kerry. Neither, neither did Obama. Neither does AOC. None of these Democrats who 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 are pushing this well, radical okay. agenda. So, so there is okay. Which so which is why talking, which is why they're so afraid of Trump. Talking about cowardice. What you're really talking about is political cowardice. I mean, in the end, what they're doing is they don't want to make a decision that is going to be unpopular. Yes. yes. Okay. So I and I and I and I can understand that, but I think but I, that there is yeah. a certain degree of that on on both sides. I mean, I think I think you're hard. Well, absolutely, there is. Of course, there yeah. is. And again, this is why Donald Trump scared everybody but because the, he he lacked. Maybe real, it was a lack of self awareness, but Trump would say things and do things uh, that no one else would do. Look, go back to I, the tax cuts. Right? Any other president would have folded on the on the Republican sure. tax cuts. He didn't because he didn't care because he yeah. wasn't a coward. But but well, no. OK, I, I think he didn't care because, again, for him, he could play that. He was not a political coward in that regard. Right. You and I've talked about this, whether or not Donald Trump would be the kind of guy who you would walk up to no. and say something in the schoolyard and he would run away if you. Yes, 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 yes. Back. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's, you know, but but my but my point, my my point is this, you know, we we do have to think deeply and I and I and I, you know, listen, we can sort of talk about this. And this is why I really wish we'd have more time with Tony on this, because I, to get into this issue of Vindman, and again, I am someone who has written about this. Um, I, I am, I am, and, and I've talked to people. We've talked about this with regards to Syria and what we were doing in Syria, and whether or right. not it was whether or not we should have committed U.S. planes, because all of a sudden we'd have U.S. planes flying against Russian planes, and that's how you turn a proxy war into an actual war. So the, the question then becomes, why are we so afraid of war? I mean, our, our post our, our post um, World War II uh, foreign policy establishment is terrified of war. And what happens is it ends up uh, putting us in extended conflicts where, where Americans die. Why well, don't we just because because, Jerry, then this is and this is the, 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 the concept of of whether or not you know, again, sort of dealing with the realities on the ground and the real politics of the situation. 
Um, so, right. This is the whole school of thought behind, behind the concept of, of modern international relations theory, which is the idea of, of, of physical conflict avoidance and how you want to, because war is the, the, the last resort, right? Violence is the, what is it? Violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. I think as the, as the phrase goes, the, the point is, is this because you're talking about being stirred by people dying and wanting to do something there is the reaction do we commit our sons and daughters we've been down this road and then you add into it the fact that you're talking about nations that have nuclear arms uh and and someone like vladimir putin who i know but, but, but hold on again, hold on let me jerry i gotta finish my thought who vladimir putin regardless of whether or not you think he is acting because he's got a a religious zealotry or whether or not he's got a a, a zealotry of of russo russo nationalism or whether he's acting out of vladimir putin's greatest self-interest the bottom line is here is a guy who would not be afraid to use nuclear weapons in an exchange right and, that, and so that's that so, I'll, I'll maybe you can call that i don't i don't consider it cowardice to be deeply well then, but, concerned but about again that. but taking taking your the, your train of thought to its uh to its logical conclusion and that is that america can never respond to a uh to a to a to a despot like like Putin. but but i but i think but see that's just it i think there i think there are ways to to do it and i think well what are they because we're not doing them and we well, haven't what right but but we haven't for instance as tony was talking well, about, we never have no, hold on no 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 we never no, have we were doing it under never we were, no we were doing it under donald trump right well i mean yes no, and no but, i mean yes and out, no. hold on for a second right yeah. so yeah. if you create an energy independent like let, let's just say you create an energy independent united states and you make the united states the global dominant energy exporting power, and you somehow buy off the Middle East so that they've bought into this. But let's let's just start with the United States there. And you completely undercut Russia's energy industry to the point where the nation goes bankrupt, the, or the oligarchs go bankrupt around Vladimir Putin, and all of a sudden you cut off Vladimir Putin's support. Right. And then Vladimir I, Putin does not I, right. have the we, money to. We've we've in we've gone through this, and and you're right, and 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 you know every time Russia has uh, been uh, uh, on the war footing has been when energy prices have been high. And yes, yes during the Trump years, we didn't have a hot war uh, because of our energy policies, because of our NATO policy, because of his pressure on Germany uh, and his uh, sanctions against uh, against Russia, uh, sanctions against Nord Stream two, and also remember this: Russia in uh, uh, Syria. Trump had killed uh, Russian troops. I get all that. I think I think the point I'm trying to make, and maybe I'm, I'm being too obtuse, is that since since World War II, you look at all the conflicts that we have been engaged, uh, and it has just caused more death because America uh, has refused uh, to to fight. Uh, we're look again okay, just but, for but our Jerry, listeners. I think, I think you're I think you're proceeding from a from a, a false equivalency here. Which is the idea that 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 you know doing something that is protracted but doesn't instill the nuclear option, and I mean the literal nuclear option, is less is going to is somehow more costly than if we engage in the conflict in which the nuclear option is exercised. By your thinking, we could never stand up 
Uh, again, let's in, in, in the real world, we're not energy independent. In the real world, we have a fetish for climate change. In the real world, we're not going to do sanctions. We're not going to kick them out of the SWIFT banking system. So, it, it, so that means eventually we're going to have to fight them. And the problem with what you're saying is, is that because we're afraid he might use tactical nuclear weapons, Right in, in the field of battle, then we can't nuclear weapons or whatever. Yeah, nuclear weapons that go beyond there. Yeah. So therefore, we can't fight them. This is what it comes. No, no, to, no, no, no. See, I, Jerry, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. I, I think, but I think we have to be, we have to be damn certain when we go out and we decide to engage. This is why this question damn certain of what though certain of what damn certain damn certain that that if we engage in a ground conflict that that the, the Putin's ability to use use nuclear weapons either in a tactical or mass situation is is going to be neutralized before he can All do right, it but uh, but you can't do that andrew what you just laid out is, can't be is, done but this is this is my my point in the end is that this is why this question of whether or not this is going to spill out beyond uh ukraine is going to is going to happen and then what is our response going to be in terms of making it personally painful for Vladimir Putin and for the Russians. Listen, here's the, here's the reality, right? Number one, nobody expected, nobody expected um, uh, that the Ukrainian people would be able to fight back in the last couple of days in the way that they have been. Um, that's surprised everybody. And that's where, you know, this, the 13 Ukrainian um, uh, border guards who were killed. Uh, that's why that story is so important. At the same time, uh, I don't think the Russian government was prepared for the know, but, very vocal response inside its own right. borders. But look, the people of Ukraine are begging us for help and we're not doing it. And why? I mean, it's it's it, Andrew, it's wrong. What's what's happening is just wrong. We, it's just wrong. But uh, there, there are people dying uh, there. And, and again, we have a moral obligation because. We're the ones who facilitated it. As I said, Jerry, we did this. Listen, I'm the person who wrote in 2014 that we should have committed troops on the ground then in yeah. 2014. All I am saying is that that and as as a number of people who I some of whom I have more respect for and some people that I have less respect for pointed out to me, you have to be really cautious and careful when you're committing to put U.S. troops in harm's way. Well, if there's, I mean, if there's anything, of course, course. if there's anything, if there's, but any you're saying things that are like the straw man argument. No, we should be, we shouldn't be cautious. We should just well, do it. But, like, but who's, but, who's but, arguing that? No, but that's Jerry, the problem. The problem is everyone wants to be cautious. You're arguing, you're arguing that you're, you're arguing that we should just go ahead and do this. We should just go ahead yes. and put you at some point. We have to. Hey, what if, what if China decides, look, what we look, what we did in Afghanistan, leaving, leaving, uh, leaving our allies there. Uh, to be raped and to be murdered uh, uh, is 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 beyond shameful, and it happened. And Biden's not being held accountable for and, it. And I and ironically, the Afghan—I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at this. The Afghan government turned around and condemned uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine, which is insane. But go ahead. But and, and again, yeah. and, the and Taliban a government. Of, and a lot of the history here is wrong. The fact of the matter is, the Afghani army uh, bled. Uh, for years alongside Americans. Sure. And in fact, toward the end of, of the Afghani conflict, uh, it was the Afghani army. Listen, I think they had 200,000 casualties at one point uh, over time. Uh, Jerry, and we abandoned them. And, and this, this gets into, right, this gets into the entire breadth of the history of conflict in, in Afghanistan going back to 1979, right? Not that's not the entire history, but the history of, of, of conflict in Afghanistan going back to 1979. And U.S. callousness for the first half 
of the 1980s in, in which our strategy was to allow the Afghan people to essentially walk into machine gun fire in the hopes of, of bleeding the Russians to death. We right. wound up finding a way to funnel weapons into Afghanistan uh, so that the Afghan people could could fight the Russians, drive them out of Afghanistan. And then what do we do? We abandoned them. And 10 years well, later, we Andrew, with the Taliban. Just because this is it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, an important discussion. Yeah. Um, no one is saying that we put troops in harm's way in a casual way. What I'm saying is, is that you look at World War II. It was total war. Go get victory. Un unconditional surrender. And then it was a, it was a Pax Americana. We wrote, you know, we we wrote the peace. We wrote the Constitution uh, for Japan. Uh, and then we moved forward. And then and then we had the Marshall Plan uh, and an American dominance uh, in, 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 uh, in Asia and in Western Europe. The problem is, is that then we got, we dug into this this Cold War mentality uh, where we had Korea that we <laughs> for three years, 56,000 Americans dead for what? Because we were afraid that the Chinese, the, we were fighting the Chinese anyway. So we were we were cautious to a point of 56,000 uh, dead Americans uh, and then Vietnam. Yes. I mean, Vietnam, okay, okay, 58,000 okay, dead so Americans. Jerry, but this is, this is the point then. Right. Which is OK. So we're going to commit these troops, NATO troops, American troops to a protracted conventional war in uh, in Europe. So so we, we why, I mean, why does it have to be protracted? Go win. Go go win. OK, it's like a football von, game. OK, go because, win because von Clausewitz talks about the, the, the fog of war and that in war, things are unpredictable. And, and the Russians are seeing it right now. Listen, the Russians are seeing it right now on the ground in Ukraine where they thought that they did. Why have away. NATO? Why have NATO? No, 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 Jerry, just but here's my, my my point is, as we're talking about this. And again, we're, this is a good conversation to have. But the, the expectation was that the that that Russia could do what they did in Afghanistan. They could drop troops in, seize airfields, come in on a three access front and, and move in and take Ukraine. Um, and, and this wouldn't be a problem. But here they are with hundreds of casualties now, just in the first couple of days, and the Ukrainian people fighting back in ways that the Russians didn't expect. And so the question then becomes, right, it, it, you know, you, you can say we don't want a protracted war on the ground in, in, uh, in Eastern Europe. But there is no predicting whether or not that but war I, is going I, to be look, look, I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but but you take what you're, you're you're saying to its end, and you would never commit troops because you'd never know what might happen. And what I'm saying is is that that is not a way uh, to uh, to uh, uh, bring stability and peace. Uh, 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 to 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 our foreign policy or or security at home here in America. I just Jerry, it's in the in the end, you know, and maybe it's because I was a a, a military spouse, and and you know, it, it's I am supremely sensitive to the instances in which we commit U.S. troops. Well, uh, but Andrew, but again, if you're if you're sensitive to that, how many Americans died in Afghanistan over 20 years? Yes. Why? Because we would not just go and do away with our enemies. No, no, no. But that's it okay. was a self-inflicted conflict. That's not. No, that's yes. That's not, no, that's not. Yes. Necessarily true, Jerry. The well, then show work, me how it was. Time out, but time out for a second, because in the end, Jerry, you know, the the a, a battle is fought on the ground. 
and the battle conditions change depending on the ground up on which you're fighting. It's it's classic Sun Tzu art of war. You 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 know you try to pick your own battlefields. But the problem becomes when you're fighting in a place like Afghanistan, which has for centuries been known as the the uh, the the graveyard of empires, uh, because so many so many different kinds of people have tried to fight wars in Afghanistan and they have all failed over over time because it's so difficult. Um, this is why the Balkan conflicts, the, the conflicts in, in what were the former Yugoslavia republics, took so long and, and bled so many people. It's not a question of putting uh, so many troops on the ground that you simply overwhelm your enemy because there are so many other factors that can get involved. And again, and, uh, again, what what uh, <laughs> what proves your point wrong is World War Two. Is because if you look, we never we never had more than what 150,000 troops in Afghanistan. We could have overwhelmed Afghanistan with American power. We could have driven the Gary, Taliban. We could I will have. point out. I will point out that the war in Europe, um, even after, so the war in Europe had been raging for years before American boots were on the ground, and even after American boots were on the ground, starting in Africa. And then moving into Sicily and into mainland Italy, and then finally the D-Day invasion, um, uh, it took a very long time, and there were huge amounts of American deaths and casualties. As a result, it, it, of this. it was it was half the time that we were in in Afghanistan. Very it, 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 actually, Andrew, no, it didn't. It, it we were, we fought World War II over a four year period. That's remarkably short, given okay. the given that it was a world war. I mean, it was four years. We went in yes. and we put full the, the, the full weight of the American power behind our armed forces. We uh, unconditional surrender was our goal. But Jerry, and also, we also years. we had a total. We also had a, a had a total national effort. Yes, and America America was existentially threatened. We just uh, had during this. World War II. Look, we just had. Look, I think we're there's an existential threat right now. If Russia uh, 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 goes and takes Ukraine, uh, and then they go into and then they go into Eastern Poland, and then America decides that well, we can't go. We can't, we can't fight well, the Russians. No, 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 no. Listen, if no, if first of all, if 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 Putin goes into Poland, then we are obligated under NATO and NATO. Oh, what and, about and, tactical nuclear weapons, Andrew? He might use them. The, Jerry, oh my if, goodness, we Jerry, can't. If, we if, can't if, defend Poland. No, he no, might no. Use, He might use nuclear right, weapons. But, but again, right, Jerry? This gets into again. This gets into the 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 actual red lines that are that are crossed here. But my my point is. And then that does become an exercise. I don't understand how how are there red lines? Because in your thinking, as long as he might threaten tactical, you know, yes, massive nuclear bomb, but forget that. He could just use a a tactical nuclear weapons. Why defend Poland if if, if he's going to use tactical nuclear weapons? Gary. I, again, it gets down into the treaty obli- the treaty obligations that we have. We will have no other choice. We will have no the 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 choices will have been okay. uh, completely. So here, so my next question then is: is that what if we decide, fuck it, I don't. We don't care what the treaty says. My point oh. is, is that Russia well, is okay. an existential threat. That's my point. Because we don't, don't know. You think Joe Biden? Seriously, you think this group of characters? If he wins in 2024, you think this group of characters, you think they're going to send of uh, 250,000 troops to Poland? Yeah, I think, yes. I, I, I think that if it came down to it, if, 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 if NATO itself was violated, the boundaries of NATO were violated, 
the United States would would commit troops. Absolutely. In, 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 which is why we're which is why we're committing troops to Eastern Europe right now. Right? That's why we're going down. It's ridiculous. We're moving. I, I, I read the numbers. We're sending 500 troops to Germany. We're sending 7000 troops to to. Uh, to to Poland, it's laughable. If you want, but if, Jerry, again, it's laughable. I, Jerry, okay, but you are missing you are missing the greater point as to how deployments work. And, no, I'm not. No, what I'm are because no, because in I'm, the end, you're saying okay. So now we're gonna we're gonna right now we don't know how long this is gonna take. We don't know what Putin is going to do in terms of uh, of uh, of Ukraine itself. So now we're going to commit five hundred thousand American troops to Europe immediately. I, I, what I said which, was, what I said was, we should we should move one hundred thousand troops into okay, the a hundred thousand yeah. troop mobilization to Europe now represents a massive commitment of U.S. Resources, yes, in a way where we're okay. So now we are we are completely disrupting uh, U.S. national security issues here at home. We we have other uh, other uh, fish that we need to fry. We don't know what's going to happen. Andrew. Hold on, we don't know what's going to happen with Iran down in the Straits of Hormuz. We don't know what's going to happen with Taiwan and Xi Jinping. Andrew. So all of a sudden now we have. I, I was talking to Jim uh, Carafano last night, yeah, and he said that. At the end of the day, if if the Russians uh, uh, win and take Ukraine, they'll have upwards to a quarter million troops in Ukraine. The hundred, you know, the hundred fifty thousand uh, plus the other sixty from Belarus plus reinforcements coming in, about a quarter million troops. Uh, and then, if they wanted to move on Poland, what are we going to do? We can't do anything about it. So yes. you're saying okay. so. You're, so what you're saying is we should we should pull a Biden. Let's let's wait until after they invade. And then and and what was and, and, no, and look, Jerry? Yes. Yeah, hold Andrew. on. Hold on, Jerry. Right now. Hold on. I'm going to pull up American troop strengths in Germany. I know you just talked about this American troop strength. Now, we don't have a, nearly as many as we did before. While you're doing that, let me just say this. If they have a quarter million troops in Ukraine, they could take away the forward landing bases uh, that 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 we once maintained in Western Europe. And then America would somehow to get would need to get our troops across the ocean. It would be impossible. So my point is, if we're serious about defending NATO, you don't wait until NATO is invaded. First of you all, put- you have to remember that NATO is not just the United States and we can't go it alone. But right now we have we, right now we have about 100,000 troops. We have, we have to go it alone. We have to, but that's not Who's, what NATO. That's not what NATO is. NATO is then. Then. Then there's no point to NATO. Yes. And okay. it, but, okay. it, but 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 no 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 wait. NATO needs it. look. Trump was right. Okay. Germany is Germany's government is anti-American. We know this. Yes, and they're uh, and, and they're and, and they're and the Turkish government. Yes, the Turkish government is anti-American. So you have the richest com- country in Europe and the and one of the strongest armies in Europe. Both are anti-American. So my point is, if we're going to defend our allies uh, in Poland, Poland's our ally, regardless of NATO, we can't wait until after, after Putin decides to go in. But Jerry, the the reality is to put, to move 100,000 more troops to Europe is a hugely costly exercise. And I think it detracts from operational readiness overall. Now we could listen. It, it, we could it. It could wind up happening, and Biden could wind up uh, doing this. They could wind up deploying more troops as a result of this. 
But, you know, you take away your operational readiness when you have troops away from their home bases for extended periods of time. I I understand. But here's the thing, right? We really disrupted our operational readiness when we decided to go uh, of an armed forces that could fight on two fronts to one front. And that's what Obama did. Sure, of course. So what what needs to be done now is we need a massive uh, reinvestment into our military apparatus and we need to send troops to Poland immediately. That's what we need to do. You want more I'm, than, I, and I understand that you want more than you want more than five hundred. I understand this. I mean, um, I, I, again, this is what bothers me about about even about me and you and our podcast and me on the radio and watching these people on on CNN and Fox News is we all talk and talk and talk and talk. But the bottom line is there are real lives at stake, and all our talking and, and, and Jerry, and that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, and all of our talking. Go ahead. Yeah. No. And, and the thing is, is that we we know what we need to do. Uh, there's going to be about a quarter million troops uh, on the border with Poland shortly. And if we're going, if, if the only thing that would stop Putin, look, Putin is smart. We, we've established that if there are American troops. Because in a conventional war, we would beat the Russians, even if he used tactical nuclear weapons in the field. You have to be willing to accept these risks. Otherwise, you I might am, as well you might as well just bend over, Andrew, no, and ask Jerry, him to be right, gentle. As I, as please, I said, please use I, lubricant. I am, again, please use lubricant. I not, I, and that's and that's just it. I mean, and, and maybe it was wrong of me to say you're being cavalier about this, but I am. I am just. I am. I get very cautious about committing American lives in this situation. And as, as you know, and, and, and again, what has that cautiousness, what has that reaped? It's reaped Ukraine, uh, people dying. It's uh, NATO's in jeopardy. Uh, uh, again, being cautious. What yesterday, yesterday, the Chinese flew uh, uh, military aircraft over Taiwan. But the, the Chinese, but that's just it, Jerry. I mean, and, and I, and this is, this is part of the point here. China is a legitimate threat. China, I, I can pull up the map again, showing the various. We don't Chinese have an obligation to defend Taiwan. The no, and we don't, and we don't, and, and but we do have an obligation to defend NATO, NATO nations. Right. And then there is this question, as I've said, of, as to what our obligation is to defend Ukraine. Um, that's that is the 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 central issue. I'm as I said, Jerry. I am just. I am pushing back because I think I think we have to be we have to be damn certain about these things. Listen, because we're 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 running short on time here. But and uh, my point is, and my point is, you can't be certain. And if if you're waiting for certain, then then we're paralyzed. But but no, but I understand this, Jerry. But you're but but you're operating under under a presumption of certainty about American dominance, and that and that it, it was it will be less costly in American lives. If no, we I, 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 sooner I, rather than later, and that's I, well, I think I what think I'm saying is, is if we if we don't commit troops sooner, we won't be able to commit them later. That's I mean that's just I, and, I'm, and I don't and no I, and I don't and I don't think that's that's necessarily accurate. How, how are we going to how would we move troops into Poland after 150,000 Russian troops invade Poland? How? Well, Unless we're already move, there. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't move them. Well, first of all, you you look at what's happening on the ground and you get a sense as to whether or not Putin is really making a move on NATO. And then you start moving the troops to Europe at that point in time. I think we are a, a long way away. We are a long way away from a point at which Putin is going to turn and go outside. Tony Schaefer just said the same thing. You know, our, that's what our, our guest was just saying, that 
that Putin is not going to make a move on NATO until he is fully consolidated, if he were to make a move on NATO. And I think Tony said that he wasn't going to make a move on NATO. But if Putin were going to make a move on NATO, he would not do so until uh, he has consolidated his power in Ukraine. And we are quite a, way, quite a way away from that. And the reality is, Jerry, I think if Putin were going to move against anything, he would move against the Baltic states first. Uh, most notably, I believe it's Estonia. I got to pull the map up. Hold and on. they're members of NATO. They are. That's what, yes, I, 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 yes, I understand this. Oh, shoot, the map doesn't have it. Um, but there is a a point north of here where, uh, where uh, I want to say it's Estonia is bordered on both sides. It may be Latvia is bordered on both sides by by Russia. Uh, and in that case, right, if he's going to move, he would move against the Baltic states first. Um, but if we saw that happening. You know, we would be positioning troops um, and military personnel uh, up in in Sweden. General Jack Keane has been on a lot the last couple of three days. Yeah. And, and, and they war gamed out protecting um, uh, uh, Latvia and, and, yeah. and, and, and those in that area. And they said uh, that the Russians would take. Uh, those those countries within 60, 60 hours. Yes, that's a, yeah. I, I, so therefore, so therefore, like you said, you mentioned you fight your enemy where you choose. Yes. And so therefore, what I'm saying is, is that Poland is the place. And that's why we should put an overwhelming. So force. then so then so then, Jerry, what you're saying is let me let me pull up the map here. Hold on. Um, yeah, that works. I'm just saying that I'm being realistic. No, no, I understand this, Jerry. So what you're saying is then the trigger point is, and so here we go. So here is Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, right. um, though that's now Russia, Moldova, et cetera, um, that uh, here on the other side of, of Belarus. Estonia, Latvia, Latvia, Lithuania. Yeah. Lithuania. So what you're saying is then if Putin were to move against the the Baltic states, that's when we that's when we will put, commit putting troops in Poland. No, what I'm saying is, okay. is that that unfortunately we've played this out and we are unable to defend those states and so unfortunately we need but the thing is you can't you can't wait until they're in it, to build it look this is basic you know this is like your dad tell, telling you how to fight when you're a kid you don't wait for the other guy to punch you you punch first. All right, you but punch that's, hard, but Jerry. That is that is that that goes against. And I understand this. I understand the world has changed, but this 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 goes against the core principle of American military involvement on the world stage. America has not hit first. since war. Nah, since war. Well, yes and no, right? I mean, um, we hit first plenty during World War II. Uh, you know, we didn't but, wait. I mean, yes, yes, but, but, had, no, but I mean, but, but Jerry, even, but you know, Germany, we, Germany yeah. never, Germany never attacked us. No, we but Germany never but, did. No, no. I understand this. Germany never attacked we hit us, but okay. But we hit Germany once because we were, we were in a, an alliance with people who were being hit, but my, right? my we didn't point, declare my a war on is, Germany until Japan declared until Japan hit and, us. And also and Japan uh, was in this axis alliance since, with Germany. since 9-11. Uh, and I like the W Bush doctrine. Of, of being preemptive. So that's not true. Amer America has not always been uh, not hitting first. Um, uh, we went into Iraq. That was preemptive, right? Right. We thought they had weapons of mass destruction. So we hit them first. But, all right. But Jerry, I would argue that, that, 
that our invasion of Iraq in 2003 was a was a resounding failure. No, and I would and I and I and I would argue back that that, that that's completely that's revisionist history. And and I, I and in fact I remember when Ryan Ellis, a, a friend of ours, yeah. wrote a piece talking about how Iraq was a mistake, and I thought. Uh, how shameful. Oh, oh, time out for a second. Jerry, I'm not saying that Iraq was a mistake. I'm saying it was a failure. Oh, all right, fine. Yeah. But why was it? It was a failure because we didn't put the full force of the American military might in play. We no, did. We, we played we, politics no. and we protracted. Well, we, we, to... we well, we put the full force of American might and then we lost the end game. And that was a huge that was a huge problem. Right. It was no, a we didn't because look, we didn't do look, we, we uh, the, 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 the Bushies held up. Right. Again, we, again you know this. That's why the surge. Right. The, 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 the surge that everyone said, don't do it, don't do it. No, no, but the, the surge, the surge was worked. working. Why? Yes. Because we put the we put the full power of but American all, military. But back then, in but again. then, Jerry, but then we lost we lost the end game. We fucked up the end game. I'm going to drop the F on them. Right. Sorry. Did I did already. Anyway. All right. Listen, I want to I want to shift gears because we, we've gone on. I think I think, you know, the, and I'm, again, I'm sorry that. Well, this this, you know, this conversation just pre- depresses me because if, if this is our attitude. Well, then I then then we might as well just bring, bring build back better back. All right, all right. And I just, think, you know, hold on. I want to be really clear about this because I, I think you and I are. Are, are more on the same page than we're not on the same page. And I think you're coming away from this more depressed than you need to be. <laughs> I um, hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and, and folks, I'm going to say this. Jerry, Jerry has been, I mean, we talked about Eeyore's Jerry last week. <laughs> Jerry has been in a mood for several days now. And there are a lot of reasons for this. He's angry. Jerry, he's angry at everybody. <laughs> Right. Am I wrong, Jerry? You're you're not. No, angry I, yeah, but I, but I I just I, I mean I, again the the shamefulness, the dishonor, the president of the United States that speech he gave yesterday, and the fact of the matter is we right. we, we we ought to be stopping all energy exports from Russia, and we're not doing it. Yeah, I, and, agreed. And we need to be. And and you know something? I'm again. I'm going to drop the f bomb again. I said this to my daughter when uh, yesterday. I said the bottom line is the Biden administration needs to tell the environmental movement to go fuck themselves in the same way that the, that the, that the needs to take a, a page from the yeah, heroes the 13, of snake yeah, Island, the 13 men. Yeah. The 13 men on snake Island. Um, and, and, but, but I think Jerry, you and I both agree that, that a strong military response needs to happen. I am just more cautious than you are. I think that's the main difference here. I, I just, and, and there, I mean, you and I come at this from two different sensitivities here and that's fine. Listen, I want to, I want to turn our attention to, to something completely unrelated to all this real quick while we have everybody here. Um, I went, are you, you've been following, you and I've talked about uh, uh, the, this, this guy, uh, Bill Penzi from Penzi Spices, the guy who who told uh, uh, all of his customers that if you were a Republican, yes, yes, he didn't yes, want your yes, business. I remember, yes, yes. And yes, and yes, in course. honor of Martin Luther King Day, he said we're having a Republicans or racists sale. Oh my goodness! So this this ad popped up in my Facebook feed from this company, um, and it, it popped up several times in my Facebook feed, in which the company is essentially. Um, uh, they are decrying their critics and telling people uh, you have to choose sides and you can either be on our side, which is the side of lightness and good, or you're on the other side, which is the side of the racists. And, and I did a little digging and it turns out that, uh, that at least according to one reporter, uh, Penzies is in major financial trouble as a result of this guy. So I dropped this guy an email yesterday. The, the Penzi guy? Yeah. 
All right. This I like. This I like. <laughs> I dropped him an email. I said, hey, you know, you might think maybe as you are, are decrying the fact that you have these critics and these critics are hurting your bottom line, that maybe just maybe you are courting uh, you are courting this kind of dissent. And he wrote back, Jerry, and it must have been a, a block screed. He wrote back I, what I thought was a form letter, uh, sort of accusing Republicans of racism and saying you have to be intolerant to those people who are intolerant. So I wrote him back and we went back and forth, literally went back and forth a couple of different times. And he starts bringing up the, uh, the, the two pieces of election reform legislation that yeah. failed this year. Yes. And saying that Republican opposition to it was racist. And again, I, 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 he got, he got very angry with me. And in the next to last email that I sent him, I said, you know, you are, you are guilty of the bigotry for all of your bluster. You are guilty of the, uh, the bigotry of low expectations. You don't believe that, uh, that people who are differently colored than you are, uh, can do these things for themselves. So he wrote back to me, uh, something about uh, um, this mytho history that uh, uh, people of color are traditionally unable to get to the polls. They don't have cars, so they need a day off. And in my final email to him, I wrote, hey, uh, not for nothing, Mr. Penzi, but do you shut down your operations on election day? Do you give all of your people in your corporate headquarters and your retail stores and your warehouses, do you give them the day off on election day to vote? And I never heard back from. Him. Yeah. So there well, you go. My little story. Go ahead. Well, I like it that he uh, that he responded. And, and again, you know, that, that's, a, you know, it's funny. You know, there there are these um, hot pockets in our political discussion that just worry me. And you're right. Yeah. I get I get I get uh, depressed is the wrong word. Angry. But um, but I, I do I get at the at the dishonor of it at the untruthfulness of it, and 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 one of those areas has been this you know equity uh, politics and this again sure. fetish on race and how the left uses race to as a, a way to divide us and and all the rest of it. Um, and I, I I just don't see how we recover from that. I think you know we have been teaching young people uh, that America is a racist place. Uh, that we're founded on racist principles. I saw something the other day, uh, uh, again, out of a curricula, a curriculum, curricula yeah. of, a, of, a, of CRT, critical race theory, uh, that talked about the idea of freedom, the notion of freedom, that you have rights, is a evidence yeah. of racism. Listen, it, it gets back into, into a, a conversation I had years ago uh, work that was being done um, uh, surveying the Tea Party movement and a tool of political scientists called the Racial Resentment Index. Yes, Jerry. I remember you talking about and, this. Yeah, and essentially for those of you who are un uninitiated, the Racial Resentment Index essentially ascribes any interest or support in the, um, the, the tenets of conservatism, um, uh, self-governance, individual rights, uh, the idea of, uh, of working hard and achieving uh, through your own effort, the meritocracy, um, those things are evidence. If you talk about those things, that is an evident that is evidence of racial resentment. And the more you talk about them, the higher on the racial resentment index you are. So therefore, under this construct, all of the yeah. things that the Tea Party movement believed in uh, were racist. Um, Jerry, what uh, before we go, 
uh, Picard returns next week. Are you are you excited? Well, I saw about that the- on the, uh, Param- Paramount uh, TV. They're coming back. I'm so happy that Star Trek is still going strong. Uh, but, but they're 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 coming back with another regular Star Trek movie. Like uh like oh. a, the yeah the uh, the new with Chris yeah. Pine with Chris Pine with Chris, apparently apparently Chris Pine was surprised to learn this. Uh, look, I think he's I I think that that reboot with those characters. Unfortunately, the 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 actor, the young actor who played Chekhov, uh, uh, he tragically Anton died. Yelchin. Yeah, yes. he died. But what a great reboot! Reboot. I know there's criticism of the movies and the plot lines, and and and, and also I liked you know there's this idea that that the original series. Uh, much more serious in terms of drama, in terms of, yes. of, of storytelling, but I'm just so happy. That, yeah. I'm happy about I, it. Listen, love, loved the, love the, 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 the portrayals, loved the actors who were doing the portrayals um, did not like the idea of Vulcan being destroyed. That bothered me. Yeah, me too. Um, but, but again, the way this works, they might go back in time and, and reboot that's, it. And, that's uh, what knows? I'm saying is yes. get it back to the original, the original timeline. And I'm still holding out that, uh, that it would be a, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's final final movie would be a Quentin Tarantino directed Star Trek. I Why his final movie? He's young. He's, he's still a young guy. Oh no, no. Quentin Tarantino has said that his tenth movie will be his final movie. Oh, let me tell you. You. I listen, don't believe. I don't believe that at recommend, all. I'm going to recommend another podcast to you, to all of you. Um, the the uh, the uh, Quentin Tarantino interview with Conan O'Brien on Conan O'Brien needs a friend is well worth listening to. <laughs> I like um, Conan O'Brien a lot, especially if you are a, uh, um, especially if you are a fan of 1970s TV, uh, it, it's good stuff. Um, uh, Jerry, you are, you've got a couple of, uh, uh fill in shifts coming up, I think. And yeah, you're your show on Sunday. You know, here's the, you know, so I was in uh, yesterday and, and day before I'll be on my show on Sunday, WBAL 7 AM in the morning. And then I'm on Tuesday from get this, Andrew. Oh, yes, of 11, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. offering up reaction to the State of the Union. Hey, before actually, and, I, and as I did the preview, we didn't even talk about this. You, the other thing you were Eeyore-ish about yeah. uh, today was uh, the president uh, taking time out of his schedule to uh, announce the Supreme Court nominee today. Yeah, again, I mean, this, this is just this is just unseriousness. I mean, I understand that life goes on and we have to do things, but the president was on his way to. Um, to Delaware. Yes. And his aides had to stop him and say, well, the, the optics are bad. There's a war going on. Do we really need to have a big uh, uh, Rose Garden announcement today uh, I, in, in, in terms of you know, the, the juxtaposition? Children are dying. Oh, listen, you, you want to talk this. about Listen, this is this is not quite as bad as the Applebee's uh, commercial with the guy dancing the country music coming. You saw that, right? Maybe no, you haven't seen this. No, so no. Uh, a CNN had a major um, a gaffe yesterday. As, as they're showing video of air raid sirens going off in Kiev, um, they go to commercial, but they still have the the uh, the shot. Oh like goodness. it's one of those split shots. So yep. they have, and, and they go to an Applebee's commercial for their uh, breaded spicy chicken fingers and the guy dancing the boot scoot boogie. And it, yeah, it's, it was very ill-timed. See, here's the thing, right? I, I think, and I think that the Biden administration, this gets into, you know, the problems with Ron Klain and others. Um, that they should have just waited until the State of the Union uh, to do this, right? If they, if they, if they really wanted to, it, it was dumb of them to to go down this road. They, they maybe they felt that they couldn't keep it under wraps until Tuesday, uh, which should tell you everything. But well, the irony, have- the, yeah, the irony is, is that you know the the Democrats are hoping for a big fight 
they're not going to get one. They're not going to get they're, they're, They yeah. will get zero fight at this yeah. point in time. That, and, that's, and, that's, and, that's, and again, that's the political miscalculation about today. Um, and so what's going to happen is he'll make the announcement today and there'll be lots of criticism of him of him doing this when there's a war happening. Uh, and 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 he'll want some kind of visceral reaction from the right. And he's not going to get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I think Republicans will vote against this nominee. But for the for, for the most part, hey, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, I mean, the, the bottom line is that he's the president. Um, we might disagree with this woman's um, ideology. But the fact is, is that if she's qualified, then 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 move forward with the nomination. You, you don't think he was insistent about doing this. I mean, again, I'm, I'm going to put a conspiracy theory on setting aside setting aside the invasion of, of Ukraine. Do you think that they had timed this announcement to uh, come out during CPAC as a way of sort of blunting uh, blunting what they perceived as the Republican cheerleading at CPAC, or 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 worse, Andrew, um, uh, hoping to to uh, manufacture a a a, a crisis, a look what sure they sure, sure. look up look how look, look at how the racist. Yeah, yeah, look at these races. Look how look Republicans are reacting at CPAC. Sure, yeah. that's the yeah. whole thing behind the peppermint patty thing. All right, man. So, uh, so uh, <laughs> Tuesday next week we will do a post uh, State of the Union show on Wednesday. Yes, I think we have to, uh, yeah. even though Jerry will have not gotten to bed until two. I'll be ready. Don't worry. Two, um, um, and uh, and uh, so Jerry, uh, where 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 do people need to plant their feet? Well, I tell you what. Before I, before I, I give you that, I think this. I think that there are a lot of people saying pray for Ukraine. Yeah. Um, I think we have to pray. Pray for everyone. I also, I also think that um, if you're not right <laughs> in your faith, get right because yeah. a lot of what's happening uh, because of the darkness and because that people don't have ears to hear uh, and because of the dishonor, um, I can't, I can't help but wonder. You know, again, this is going to sound crazy. Maybe this is a show for later when we talk about the Russian Orthodox Church. You know, there, there's a certain kind of spiritual oppression, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if this really is the uh, you know the, the end of days in the sense that you know if you're a Christian, uh, from from if you're a Catholic to a fundamentalist, we all believe that he's coming back. And I mean, yeah. you look at what's happening: uh, COVID, Russia, uh, the the lies and the and the dishonor from our politicians. So anyway, so that being said, pray for the people of Ukraine. Um, pray for uh, President Joe Biden. Pray for him that he has a change of heart, that he has uh, that he has wisdom, that he does the right thing. Pray for Putin that there's a miracle that God intervenes in in, in Putin's life, and so we can stop this. Uh, and anyway, find the truth, plant your feet, and stand firm. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, God have bless fun you, and uh, stay safe.